Hey Mike, how's it going? Uh, hey man, it's going it's going great. What's up? Oh, not much. Welcome to everybody who's watching to the uh, FK Theory show. This is the first time we've ever done it live, so bear with us. Yeah, this is a little bit of an experiment, so uh, we don't know exactly how it's going to go. Um, hopefully no blue screens, which I already <laughs> had two of this morning trying to set it up. Brought so, to you by uh, Stream Streamlabs. We had to switch to yeah, regular OBS. Courtesy. Yeah, no doubt. So, uh, so yeah, it's going to be a pretty, pretty fun next hour or so. Um, got a couple of random things we're going to talk about. What's going on? Concert socks over there. The man we're of the day. Try we're going to try our best to uh, keep an eye on, on the chat, but we got a couple topics as well that we want to talk about. We, we've been releasing the episodes now for, this is number four, and mm-hmm. all the ones we've released before have been kind of like past episodes, so they've been things we've recorded before, and we haven't actually recorded one since probably a couple months now, so this is like kind of getting back into the groove, and I think we want to do it monthly again while we burn through all the, the content that we've already recorded. Yeah, and you can tell the difference between the two because um, we're both in different houses, and I also have long hair. <laughs> yeah, the and the intro, uh, the intro is like immortalized. Uh, I guess a year ago, what our studios used to look like, um, yeah. but now neither of us are in the same place. Yeah, the good old upgrade. It actually, it's kind of looks like we're in almost the same room, just because of the pa- uh, panels you the have panels? in the background there. Yeah, you've got them vertical like mine. So yeah, if I match uh, the lighting. Yeah, and then and then we just like blurred the the line. Yeah, in between. Yeah, yeah. Word. So, uh, so yeah. What do you what do you want to talk about today? Well, I, I wanted to talk about your uh, <laughs> start off with your video that you posted on Instagram yesterday. I was dying about the snakes oh, man. and the cables and all that stuff. I so I feel the exact same way because I have that same motu, and it's like I just walked mm-hmm. up to it with my microphone with an XLR cable, and I'm like, I can't plug this in. It's it's all it's all quarter inch. So I bought my my answer was I bought an ADAT interface with XLRs on it. So, which is yeah. Well, like it's nice having obviously quarter inch because like XLR inputs are massive, so they take up a huge amount of space. So like I get why they would switch everything to quarter inch on on like a professional yeah. interface like that. But like that doesn't help anyone who's ever <laughs> been collecting cables or microphones because everything I have is XLR. I have like 500 XLR cables and like yeah. one quarter inch adapter. So I'm like, okay. Um, and so like, you know, I, I drums was my first professional instrument. So all I've been trying to do since I started playing was like figure out a way to record them. And it's, it's like one of the most annoying things to ever try and deal with when you're trying to make music like guitar is pretty easy even if you're recording an amp all you need is like a decent little box to maintain the sound and like one like sm57 to get like a decent sound Um, you know vocals same thing but drums it's like oh hey so you have a drum set okay well you're gonna need two overhead mics a kick mic a snare mic stands for all of those potentially some tom mics so you gotta invest like hundreds of dollars just to get a bunch of microphones and then you have to buy all the cables which are not cheap either and then you have to have an interface with multiple inputs the the first um in fact actually the first version of me ever trying to record drums i used my uh my giant yamaha mixing board and i i would mic it like with all of the channels like going left 
and then the kick channel going right. I remember and this, then, yeah, because then it, that's yeah. like you're using it as like a mix bus. You're using the left and right like a mix bus. Yes, exactly, because I only had two inputs on the UX2. Yeah. So I had like all of my drums mixed analog and then the just the uh, just the, the kick on its own channel because the kick is obviously like the one where you need to really like sort of separate it and get it kind of balanced to even hear it. Um, yeah. So that was a nightmare. Uh, and then, like, ever since then, I've just been, like, slowly upgrading. Um, both of us, um, to answer your question, No Tick, we uh, got uh, uh, Personas Fire Studios. That was my first, like, professional interface because, uh, you know, back back then, uh, Firewire was, like, all the rage when it came to low-latency audio recording. Nowadays, it's still pretty USB good. USB 3. Yeah, well, it, yeah, 100%, except uh, yeah. that interface specifically is... Uh, discontinued yeah so it's kind of a nightmare if you're if you're really relying on it because good luck finding one and then joel how many do you have now two or three i bought oh i was gonna buy a third one on craigslist but the person tried to uh tried to pull the wool over my eyes but the thing is i already own two of them so i i like brought everything i needed to fully test it and the, the actual firewire connectors the, the way those fail is if you unplug and plug in the firewire while it's on firewire has like mm. real it's really old so it doesn't have proper grounding and things like the new usbs have and you can actually kill mm. the chip with the static electricity which is i mean that's stupid today you would like a connector today that does that is like the dumbest thing but back in the day um that was pretty normal so mm. i was able to figure out that i didn't need to buy that but they're pretty cheap you can pick those up for like 100 bucks each and you get eight ins eight outs which is like pretty solid and i the audio quality you know it's going to be as good as something like a scarlet um, it's just hard to get them these days and you need firewire. So you're spending probably 20 to $30 for a PCIe add-in card. If you don't have a Mac or if you have a new Mac, a lot of adapters. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh my God. You had so many dongles, but yeah, yeah, I remember when I first got the firewire thing, like the first uh, line in the disclaimer is like, don't have carpets and don't wear socks. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah. but for real, they're pretty unstable that way. I actually had my my uh, the internal chip fry on that um, on that card a while back, and I had to go get it replaced. And it ended up costing me like ninety dollars to get it repaired or something, which is like it's less it. than buying a whole new interface. But how many times am I going to have to do that? So um, I then I upgraded to the uh, Motu eight two eight ES, which is like a nice full size rack mount. It's got like a it's got enough inputs to to do the drums, but. Yeah. Uh, but then coming back around to my problem, then I'm like, okay, well, what do I do? Do I go and buy like eight uh, quarter inch to female XLR adapters, or do I do I go buy Solder. a whole bunch of cables that are yeah, like because those are they're so expensive. Like to get one 20 foot cable or 25 foot cable or whatever that's like you know XLR on one side and quarter inch on the other is like somewhere around 30 bucks. Right. And so I remember like my first experience with making my own cables when I was working for my old boss doing wedding gigs back in the day, he would just buy like spools of, of cable. And then he had all the, you know, the speak on plugs and XLR plugs and stuff like that. And so yeah, it was nice. He, he got me to help him like rebuild some of his broken cables, which was fine because you like you open it up and it's got like a tiny little screw and you just put the wire in and then and then you just clamp the wire down with the screw so those exist but i wanted to get um like dual 
uh, plugs that are like XLR and quarter inch so that like if I wanted to I can use a snake to plug in you know a guitar or, or whatever like it doesn't have to be XLR right obviously if I'm gonna build something I want as many options as possible wait so you're saying that you what? it's like one end is one and the other end is two well no so the you know the plugs that you well, you, you have XLR um, plugs on the front of your uh, Motu right or no, it's I just have inch. 16 quarter inches on the back, and then I have a, okay. a expand expanded card that that like it's another it's like another Fire Studio, so it's eight uh, XLRs in and eight XLR out. Right. Okay, but you know the um, the plugs on the front of the Fire uh, Studio, how yeah. you can put quarter inch in them and XLR. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, so I bought um, those connectors, and then I found out that they're solder only. So literally, it's like. Here, I put them right here. Actually, I'll show you. This is ridiculous. Are you gonna roll around on the floor during the episode? Yeah, no, <laughs> not right now. Um, but maybe. Where is it? I'll, I'll just open up another one. Yeah. Okay. Apparently, I need scissors because it's wrapped in super titanium plastic. Um. But uh, but yeah. So check this this stupid thing out. So, this is the back of it. What? This is it what looks it like... looks like. This is the front, right? Standard. Oh yeah, yeah. But on the back, we've got we've got three of those little things. Three of those are for the XLR, you know, ground and then hot and neutral. And then yep. three of them are also for the TRS. They didn't think to. Um, <laughs> they didn't think yeah, to it jump it beforehand. <laughs> and so, <laughs> yeah, what that, I have yeah. to do this. This is the stupidest thing. So, like, it's hard to be in front of my microphone and show you this at the same time. But essentially, I have to f connect, like, two of these little things together. <laughs> together. And, and then another two of them together. And then another two of them together so that the, the TRS and the XLR are going into the same thing, right? I have to actually jump the wires. First. And they weren't they weren't nice enough to place the ones you have to jump together actually next to each other. They actually go like crisscross. Over and they it. can't touch each other, or else you get a short. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> so, thank God there happens to be like a single YouTube video buried in the depths of YouTube that has one guy showing you how to do it. Right. Shout out to that and guy so, who just like was like you know what somebody else is gonna have this problem. I'm gonna spend two hours uploading a video to YouTube that explains this. Yeah. Well, 100%, right? Because without that, I wouldn't have known which ones are supposed to go to which ones. And, like, with soldering, it's not like I can test it and then undo it easily. Like, I've got melted metal all over the place, right? So, Do you have a multimeter? Because you should probably use that to test. Because that way you can connect the two ends and make sure you don't have a short. You should probably do that if you don't already have yeah, one of those. They're pretty I, handy. Yeah, I don't know if I have one on hand, but there must be one in the shop that'll yeah. that'll be, like handy so uh so yeah you know we'll give it a go you know but, you're uh, i've never soldered you're anything yeah <laughs> with a multimeter I've never, I've never soldered anything in my life before so um so this will be a a new experience for me but uh, yeah. i just assembled the housing for it um yesterday or at least i cut the wood into um box shapes so that i can assemble a box it'll look nice when it's done but uh, uh, hopefully it works also as well as looks nice. 
it's funny when you when you look at it and you build it you realize like okay i kind of know why these cost that much because of how much labor and pain is is it takes to do it the nice thing about building it yourself though is if there's ever a problem you can replace a single one or you can literally take it apart and fix it because you knew how to do it versus if you buy a snake and it breaks you're like you know if you bought an amazon Uh, sol yeah 100 percent and uh like they want you to record your soldering definitely do that no and i will also i I will definitely do it in a ventilated room or else you're gonna get really fucked up really i was gonna do it in this room no you gotta do like it's because you use flux which is like do you have flux like the the soldering wire i guess you maybe don't need flux but it's like it's like goo you probably don't need flux unless if you're unless you're working on like a pcb or something but it's not good for your lungs because you're literally burning uh like a type of it's it's like tin and there's some other additives to it that make it better that literally burn so you want to kind of or at least vaporize so i think you don't want to do it in a sealed studio (laughs) well we'll see yeah i don't there's no windows in here or vents so just do it out in the 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 main warehouse yeah yeah i'll uh i'll uh yeah i'll wear a mask and, and all the all the good stuff you know just to make sure i don't get solder coronavirus yeah it's contagious it's super contagious it's a, it's yeah. a real problem Ele- in the electrical engineering industry <laughs> yeah <laughs> don't not not even once <laughs> not soldering. even once yeah anti-solder campaign yeah i think so yeah i because i did electrical engineering for a while and i did some soldering and it's kind of funny. Well, it was not. It was less soldering. It was like more like chips and stuff. And it's funny because as soon as you break something, you know almost immediately. There's a term. It's called the magic smoke. And it's like, oh, oh the magic smoke left this chip, and it <laughs> doesn't work anymore. And you smell it too. So like you made. I, I was making a clock with chips on a breadboard, but I also had built the power supply. Not complicated. It's just you're taking like a sine wave and you're rectifying it using a bridge rectifier. It's not that complicated, but you do it, and I I mess it up. So it was not feeding five volts; it was feeding like sixty volts into this chip no, that was no. only meant for five volts. <laughs> and it was, and I just sort of, and it's super. It's so quick that you basically can't tell. And he's like, "Oh, what was that?" And then I was like smelling this burning smell, and I just pulled the cable. I'm like, "Well, tested the chip with it with a multimeter." I'm like, no, this does not work anymore. And I smell like this little thing. It's like, oh, that that one is gone. It is no longer. I feel around. like I think I have smelled this smell before. Yeah, I'm not 100% positive, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. Cause it's kind of like when a light smoke. bulb burns out, like when you just like turn it on and it's just like, and you're like, oh, well, yeah. there goes that one. Yeah. And it's basically uh, burning plastic when it's like the enclosure of those little chips burning basically, because it's all, it's all plastic covering, but yeah. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. So yeah, I guess uh, electrical engineering is now part of recording drums. So uh, it wasn't something I expected to have to know how to do, but thank god i'm sort of like medium handy yeah well you built like a ton of like did you actually build the studio or i mean you worked with a few people to build the studio that you're in right now yeah and i mean like i could have done it on my own as like if i wanted to but um it's just the time consuming part like yeah i know how to build frames and i know how to drywall and i know how to put the floors in and and stuff like that but it would have taken so long and when we decided to rebuild the studio i was like i i i was in that gray zone process of like moving and like you know what that's like because you just did it too and it's like as as soon as you get to a certain point where you have to start tearing down the studio you're like i i can't work until i have the next one set up exactly it was was even like extra bad because like 
I couldn't just set up my like computer in this room and start working right away because I had to treat it first. And there's no reason to start working in an untreated room and like learn what it sounds like just to have to relearn it immediately after when you're done the treatment. So I had yeah. to build all the panels and I had to, you know, treat it and set it up and get everything dialed before I was even able to work. So it, it put me out of like a studio for about two weeks, but it was a very fast process. And I, I am uh, happy. I decided to just pay people to do it quickly because they had it all framed and insulated in a day, which was amazing. Well, carpenters that are carpenters for, as a main job are mm-hmm. so fast is crazy. Like it, it makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. it's it just like, it's crazy to watch them work. It's like nail gun. They just get the frames built oh, so yeah. fast. It's pretty crazy. I mean, when you're building a whole building and that's your job, you get pretty quick at it. So, yeah, I, I literally I left site, to go get coffee crazy. and I came back and the walls were up and I'm like, oh, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so it's good. But, uh, but yeah. So, anyway, the, the, I want to build a snake and, uh, and then that way I can record my drums because I've, I've had them in here for a long time and, and like this is the first time I've ever had enough room in a room where I could even, um, you know, consider setting up my whole drum set and have all the mics and everything going and, and, and even just like have fun with it. And there's like you kind of need that flexibility if you're going to try and record a drum set. Otherwise, you're just kind of wasting your time because like obviously just finding samples is like significantly faster and so you know like why why mess with trying to record your own drums when you don't have to it's like why why spend all your time building a synth in max for live when you know it's probably just not going to be as good as using serum or something right but uh, is that that a stab at me (laughs) no (laughs) (laughs) but because you know how to do it right not very well (laughs) (laughs) it's fun but it's not practical right i 100 percent agree it's like yeah, and it's like it, it's if it's something that you enjoy doing, it's a different story. But if it's if it's something that you feel like you need to do because it's some sort of necessity, like oh, like everyone uses serum, I need to build my own synths. Like, like really, like do you really need to, or could you just maybe like learn how to synthesize things instead? Well, well and I I do think there is a value to doing that, but it's actually less in that you will use that synth to make music. It's more that by building a synth, you will understand all synths at a much deeper level and you, you know mm-hmm. if you can make a synth learning a new synth is just you know it's it's like you understand the fundamental framework of languages it's kind of like being a linguist like you literally understand how languages are built which is i mean it's literally this is the same as being learning how to make a synth so i think the value there is like what i've learned is like more about like the underlying technology below it kind of how the signal path stuff works and now i think about sound design from like a signal path standpoint and it's a bit of a a different viewpoint that I didn't have before I got into it. No, a hundred percent. And thinking about things like a linguist is actually a really good analogy because just like you said, you know, if you study the concept of language in general, when it comes to learning other languages, it's not, it's less like every single language is its own hurdle. It's more like every single language can be related to every other type of language because you can like find the cross-referencing concepts within them. And so, learning a new language becomes like a different type of process entirely because you're not learning like just what is special about this language you're learning like oh this language functions this way which is similar to how this language functions and how this language functions and so if you come back to like thinking about like synthesis and 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 sound design it's like just like you said 
if you learn like one synth really well, you'll know how to pretty much use any synth or even any effect or whatever. Like it's like, you know, if you know how a delay unit functions, like it doesn't matter which brand of delay unit you're using like you can open up any delay in any vst and be like oh yeah there's there's the feedback knob and there's the the this and that and stuff and and uh, it just makes the the process of learning a lot easier 100 percent. yeah yeah um so what else we got going on here today there's uh there's a new challenge that we're we're thinking about introducing you want to you want to touch base on that yeah definitely um well i think probably some people that have watched this or are watching it right now um will know that we did like a sound design challenge back in september it was kind of like a trial run to kind of get an idea of what kind of content we'd be creating for this kind of thing um and you know how much effort it was going to take because from our standpoint like you know, I, I have a day job, Mike's got, you know, he's got a ton of work on his plate too. So the key is to kind of like fit it into a silo so that it's not gonna, you know, take too much time and it like, you know, understand how much, how much work it's going to be. And we did that and we we're like, Oh, you know what? We can easily do three a week and just three <laughs> random things a week. And I think pretty much a week within it, we we're like, my God, this is like hours worth of work and we're both perfectionists. So I would spend an hour making a sound and then like two hours video editing all the content that I recorded from it. And it was like, wow. And then you, you do that three or four times a week. And you're, you know, that's like a part-time job basically on top of everything else. And we were kind of mm -hmm. thinking like how much value that's bringing. And it, we got really good feedback. I think people really enjoyed that. Um, but I started to realize that there were better ways to, you know, simplify it and, and, you know, find the core idea behind what we wanted to do there and what I've wanted to do for a while and a while being like a couple months now um, mm -hmm. is essentially make a, another version of that where it's not a randomized generator. Cause those are nice, but it, it, it kind of gets samey um, and you kind of end up just making the same sounds or things that you've done before. And it's also doesn't really relate to anything anybody knows about, you know, a, a sparkly death riser is like, great. You know, probably there is a song that you could use this in, but it's, you know, somebody who doesn't listen to music will not care about it at all. And I want to have, yeah. I mean, I think the, the idea behind that, the, the challenge is that people that are non-musical would still be interested, maybe not do the challenge, but the process is actually still interesting and kind of draws people in that may not be super into sound design, which is, and you know, that mm -hmm. may be musicians that are still musical, but not really into the sound design process. And to do that, what I've kind of realized would be the best option is actually to do more pop culture sounds. So sounds that people have heard before and, you know, that are in mm -hmm. movies or in popular scenes, you know, it could be a jingle from, you know, it could be the windows XP starting sound. It's like, well, how do you make that? Yeah. You know, it's probably not that complicated, but it's still an interesting process. And there are things you could learn along the way. Um, and, you know, evolving from that, we kind of realized that, okay, well, let's try to do it on like a monthly cadence. Um, Cause that's a lot more, uh, doable over the long term yeah and oh yeah the netflix sound would be cool I'm trying to think as soon as i hear a sound in my head it's like in my brain immediately goes after it trying to think about how to like, make it but yeah but um but yeah so the, we're playing we're planning on launching that probably in february so this upcoming month um and it'll be you know pretty short amount of content it'll be maybe like five minutes split into a couple sections you know we'll, we'll post first you know a teaser of the sound um and then throughout the month we'll basically kind of explain how it's made as well as kind of the process you know the tools that we used how we got to that endpoint 
Um, and then at the, at the end of the month, it would be kind of, you know, we would review other people that did it on the podcast here live. That way, you know, there's something that, you know, monthly, it could be like a recurring thing. Um, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. And then I want to also to encourage people to get into it. Um, we're going to be giving a prize. So it's going to be basically, a, I think, a $50 VST. I have yet to find one that's that cheap that is actually good. Um, I recently bought H-Delay, so I might grab that. The only problem with that is if people have cracked versions of Waves, it's going to break that. So I don't know if that's 100% uh, a, yeah. a good option. So, But either way, I'm just looking into options. But it would be a $50 prize at the end of the month based on kind of who put in the most effort, you know, got the closest. And, you know, it's it's not always going to be about somebody just doing it 100% every month. It's going to be like we want to – the whole idea of this is to bring people that maybe are not as familiar in sound design and get them kind of – thinking about things in different ways so you know if it if it's somebody that is not very familiar that kind of you know doesn't get that close but puts a lot of effort in there we may want to give them a prize as well so yeah and i mean it's also kind of nice having like a less ambiguous like a a component to the actual process itself because like you said you know if it's just a bunch of random adjectives strung together then then yeah it's like okay let's see how someone approached making this sentence into sound but like if you have like like you you were experimenting with like the star wars um explosion sound like the seismic charge from the the seismic seismic charge charge. i'm sure people will start to hear that in their head but it's the seismic charge from uh from i think it's attack of the clones um when the bounty hunter they're getting chased by the bounty hunter um but yeah sorry go ahead keep going yeah no just uh it's like if you give if you start with a sound that we're trying to make that like already exists then i mean you have not only something to compare it to but then also just like you said anyone who isn't a producer might be interested to just see like oh like that's cool like how how would someone make this sound because some of those sounds are just like unimaginably like random for a lot of people like how do you even approach that and there's a lot of sounds like for me as well that like when i hear it i'm like what in the world is going on like with music it's different because like i i feel like usually when i hear sound design in, in people's songs i kind of understand like where they may have started it from but when you talk about sounds from like film scoring or even like video games like there's a lot of sounds that i hear and i'm like how did they make this sound that somehow so accurately represents this like thing that's happening on screen and uh it'll open up like a new uh, area of exploration for us as well so everybody kind of benefits and then doing it once a month is a little bit nicer because the one thing i really noticed about the the sound design challenge in the in the beginning is like i was hoping other people would join us and even though they didn't it's fine like we got a bunch of our own custom synths out of it during the process but like between the time of posting that the challenge is happening it's like unless somebody is actively waiting for us to say oh it's time for the sound design challenge like get your DAWs open and and go and make this thing like there's no way that anyone's going to submit something before we even start the next challenge and it's like we have people who are just like way behind on it and and it was kind of just too hard to keep up so so we uh yeah we're gonna give a little bit more time and I mean, there are a few people that did do it and shout out to them. Um, yeah. So it, there's a few people. But again, I think the cadence was just too high. And um, so speaking of the the seismic charge, I tried doing that back in September and I couldn't figure it out. And then me and Mike were talking about this again about a month ago in preparation for all this stuff. And he was like, you should start with I'm not going to say it yet because we're going to kind of lead into it. But essentially, I've made the sound. Um, I have the process to make it. 
and I just have to record basically a video to explain. So that's going to be the first sound, but we're super open to basically suggestions and literally any sound. It can be, you know, it can be from a video game as long as it's something that if somebody, I think the key to this is somebody could tell you the word of the sound. So in our case, the Star Wars seismic charge or like the Star Wars blaster, or in your case, the Netflix sound and people mm-hmm. should be able to mm-hmm. hear it in their head or like a large mm-hmm. number of people should be able to hear it in their head. And it's like, it's a, essentially a catchy tone that is already kind of in the public consciousness. So we're going to have uh, a Google form or some kind of a poll system where people can submit what they like for the future challenges. Um, the big consideration there is me and Mike have to be able to make the sound. Um, <laughs> and that can be difficult. So for example, the, the, the seismic charge thing, I spent probably five hours back in September trying to make it, but I was tacking from the wrong point. Mike pointed me in the right direction. And then I kind of expanded from there and was able to make the sound. Um, so mm-hmm. How it will work is essentially I will make the sound or Mike will make the sound prior to the whole challenge happening because if we can't, then like we can't have the challenge because we don't know how it is. That being said, if somebody wants to say, "Hey, I made a sound," and actually send it to us, we're well, you know, we're willing to do that as well. And then I can, you know, re-record the process or we can use somebody else's video to explain how it's made. But essentially, if not, mm-hmm. we we have to be able to make it. So. Um, yeah, that's kind of what we want to do. It's basically a monthly thing. I think the first two months, I'm just going to give away a $50 prize. We'll do it live on the show. Um, so at the end of, you know, kind of the end of every month. So this is the end of January at the end of February, we'll have another live episode and we'll kind of Mm -hmm. go over some of the sounds, you know, if somebody made videos, we'll watch those and kind of talk about it. Um, and, and then we'll basically choose a winner, um, and it'll, they'll just get a $50 synth, um, or, you know, whatever we can find that, that makes sense. I've actually got a poll for that as well. Um, and that will just basically be, be what it is. And, um, in terms of like what prizes people want, but it has to be within $50 Canadian, which is, I know that's kind of a tough challenge for, uh, for audio plugins, but there are some good ones. Um, shaper box is a great example. Um, Mm -hmm. and a couple other ones. So things like that. Um, we really want to do and that way we can get people excited about doing it and what's nice is everybody will be trying to make the same sound and it's over the course of a month so we want people to help each other out you know I'll be on the discord and I can also help people out as well because I've kind of cheated by doing the sound ahead of time so mm-hmm. uh, yeah and I also had a uh, an idea for potentially doing some other um, other challenges as well like a, a processing challenge which uh, which could be a, a fun example as well. Just uh, trying to see how close people can guess uh, between you know two different sounds. How um, how Joel or I decided to to process something. So what we can do, like for example, like my idea was if like how how do you process vocals, right? So it's like if I had like a vocal sample, you know, I can I can show you guys the dry unprocessed version of it, and then show you the finished result version of it and then we'll get your submissions and see what type of effects chain you used and like it's kind of like a like a like a battleship or something you know what i mean it's like let's see how close people can get to to picking the right effects chain in the right order and see if they they get the all the settings right or even you know and the cool thing about that is it could be as simple as like hey i'm just going to use an eq 
see if you can match the curve that I made. And whoever yeah. gets the closest gets like a something. Or it can be completely ridiculous. And it's like, here, I processed this one sound and turned it into something else entirely. I used like 10 different effects. Can you guess what they were and the order and the settings? <laughs> it's like, yeah, maybe. Like, and the, the cool thing is like, I could, I could do that as like a long running one, right? It's like, here, I'll introduce this challenge. And it's like, this is a super extra hard mode one. And I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. buy you a ticket to Shambhala if you can get it, you know? And it's like I'm gonna be trying to I'll do that leave, one. I'll just hack your computer. Leave the challenge up, yeah. <laughs> you could too, and that's the scary part. But uh, but yeah, it's like just leave it like super super complicated, and it's like it's kind of like a guess the guess the jelly beans amount in the jar of the beans, you know. And it's like whoever gets the number wins, and it's like it'll just be there waiting for someone to guess until they finally get it right. And uh, and if anyone does, then then I think that would be really cool because that'll be like a, a long ongoing sort of challenge thing yeah and you were you when you first told me about this you were in a, what, a starbucks line and you sent me a voice note you're yes. like i don't want to forget about this please that just you didn't even tell me what the idea was you just said i have an idea and i need to remind <laughs> myself so i'm sending you this voice note and um yeah you, your first now example when you actually coffee. told yeah <laughs> your first example was uh that it would be like a vocal sample and i think that's great too because a lot of vocal editing you know, we could have like the dry vocal and then the wet vocal and it's like how do you get to this wet vocal and i think that's a really cool one that is probably not that hard unless we go ham on it but like good vocal processing isn't always intuitive you know in a mix and all that kind of stuff so that's a really good one for you know being able to learn and like you get it you win something or it's it's just kind of like a simple thing that people multiple people can work together on and then they end up winning something at the end so yeah i think it's a mm. uh, you know the goal will be make it not too taxing you know, I think the once a month or maybe a couple a month, if, uh, if, if, you know, down the line, if you want to do more of like those, those side channels and stuff, and then I'll make kind of the core sound design challenge every month, you know, we can kind of find a balance. And one of our, one of our members, um, mentioned that it may actually make a good sense to do it on Patreon. So in, and Patreon meaning that people can basically pay $2 to be part of the challenge. And the reason why I say that is because if we could get more money into this challenge, like say $2 a month from 10 people, you know, that's, well, it's not that much money. It's like $20, but say we got another $50 a month, <laughs> it's, you know, like I'm still willing to put in the $50 and match it. And then we could get hundred dollar plugins every month. And that's where you're getting into pretty cool territory right away. And then the larger it grows, the larger the prizes are, or we could have first, second, third, most improved and things like that. So I think at first it's going to be, you know, come join, come do it, see if it's, you know, if it's something you like. And we were looking for a lot of feedback on the process too. So I'll be creating some content. Michael will be creating some content for it. We'll be kind of seeing mm -hmm. um, if it's engaging, you know, if it's, if it's too crazy, let us know. Obviously we could probably go off on tangents pretty easily. So we want to make it still pretty accessible. And then kind of after mm -hmm. two or three months, we'll kind of switch it into um, probably a Patreon page um, with like pretty minimum amount, but it's just so that we can grow it. And potentially it's also like boot camp. you know, you, you pay, you know, ten dollars to go to boot camp, but it's less about it's less about paying for that person to to yell at you. It's also like the accountability. It gets you, you know, when you put a little bit in, it kind of holds you accountable to do the the actual thing itself. Yeah, and it'd be nice to have a little bit more engagement than just like one random person who's like, "Hey, look, I did the thing," and it's like, "Okay, well, you win by default. Here's your free fifty dollar plugin that I just bought." <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> exactly. So. Yeah, so yeah yeah awesome well that's the challenge and i'll be launching one for february and i'll probably just post it on our instagram so follow there or on the youtube i mean it's posted basically everywhere 
um, the podcast. This so what we're recording right now will be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and then YouTube after I've been able to kind of clean it up and edit the intro out of it and whatnot. Um, so you can check it out there. We'll probably post um, details there, or you can um, yeah. The Instagram is probably the best place for updates. We just kind of post stories and 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 pictures and stuff there if we have something that we need to announce. Hmm. Sweet. Yeah. So uh, you wanted to talk about some rendering. Yeah, well, you, I, uh, you mentioned this. It's well, I, I can probably just kind of touch on more of an overarching theme. I don't want to play any video right now just because it's um, it's going to be too hard. And I think everything's working right now. So let's not mess with it. But um, <laughs> yeah. maybe I'll edit it in afterwards. But it's it's kind of, I guess, the underarching concept of as a music producer. So coming from a background of music, starting to use visuals and you know 3d renders and and essentially video content so you know the, the visual side of it to basically in to help inform um you know your music choices or and vice versa so it's kind of like the feedback loop of visuals and audio um and essentially over i'd say over the last six months i've started to get more into a tool called touch designer um which mm. is essentially like a 3d compositing tool that allows for like if you think about ableton it's like you have automation you know you can say you can use an envelope follower to take the shape of the sound and then apply that to another parameter this tool lets you do that with video so i can take the audio or the midi and stuff from ableton and i can dump that right into this program and then adjust the the video in real time and all kinds of parameters you can do transforms pretty much anything and it works in real time which is what's kind of cool about it but learning that learning a fair bit of blender for modeling and some some other more complicated 3d that's maybe not as reactive and i've started to because i've been you know i've got we've got loss in translation out and i've wanted to to kind of come up with what the next next thing will be and i'm not really going to go into what that is yet because i haven't really finalized the idea but what i wanted to talk about is having a visual component to your music at least for me has dramatically helped me solidify what the concept of my idea was just just thinking about music itself you know i was trying to like okay well i want to come up with an ep or an idea and i really wasn't able to come up with something until i started having kind of you know, exploring some visual ideas and seeing how they kind of match together, if that makes sense. So I, I don't know if that's something that you've experienced as well, Mike. Yeah, actually, it's it's funny that you mentioned that. It, similarly, um, like very recently, I was I was playing drums and I have uh, I have these lights in my studio that like react to like incoming audio sounds. And so I just like I turned all my normal lights off and just turned those ones on. And I was just like playing in the dark along to these lights. And I noticed that just based off of the way that they're reacting, it actually forced me to think about the groove I was playing in a completely different way because I was like experiencing what the the visual response was to those grooves like in real time. And so naturally as a drummer, you end up wanting to play kind of like busy because like it's always fun to hit more things faster as a drummer. But then I ended up in a situation where the lights are just on the entire time. And I'm like, okay, well, what if I like slow this groove down and give it some more space? You get like some nice pulses and it actually like influences the way that you um, see and feel the music as well. And so that kind of inspired me just like to think about the way that I'm writing as well, because, you know, I, in the music, it's also quite evident that I like to make things complicated and, and pretty busy, but in inevitably that just kind of makes uh makes for something that has less space and kind of locks you into a, like a 
a specific grid that gives you less freedom to like experiment with when you're like dancing or or even just listening to the music in general like the more densely complicated something is the less um the less uh, room there is for someone else to interpret it in their own way right like the difference between like minimalism versus like over complexity you know if you over explain something then you're forcing someone to feel something or experience it in exactly the only the one way but if you leave a certain amount of space then it, it adds this layer of ambiguity that lets people sort of interpret things in their own way which i feel like will will kind of allow people to connect with it a little bit more because they have to interpret it um they have to come up with some some bit of their own interpretation which links them to the music that they're hearing as well so yeah. there is something to be said about um you know visual correspondence when it comes to music uh, especially when those two things are like working together very well it really adds like another layer to the to the experience and so if you can inspire yourself by looking at visuals um there was even another one that i did where like i was just uh it wasn't even anything complicated i was just looking at this like one gif actually of like this tunnel loop that was like just zooming in forever and i started like writing while looking at that and, and it uh, it influenced sort of the way that i was feeling about the music in order to make it it feel like you're going through a tunnel and uh, it just adds like a certain layer of direction or or at least some sort of constant that you can hold on to that um, you know grounds the the way that you're thinking while you're trying to create something from scratch yeah well and that's what I found because I hadn't done any of that stuff before you know I hadn't even tried to bring visuals into my music I was trying to make it almost in in a vacuum and that's very difficult and having some kind of a you know whether it's hue lights literally just going to the beat or you know somebody else's visuals or something you're creating yourself i think there's a huge amount of value to that that comment mm -hmm. about anime AMD. is that something you know about is there because is he talking about surface the the, yeah. the track yes 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 i uh someone mentioned it to me they're like oh did you know that there's like this thing and like yeah there's a, a an amv someone made to surface that has like actually um i'm pretty sure they didn't even so mention cool. me at all in it <laughs> like, oh I so they just used the, the track song. for it yeah 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 yeah, yeah. did it get um, did at least get copyright did you get the do you get the you and lou get no. the revenue for it or no <laughs> no but it had like twenty thousand plays or something like it might Whoa. that might not be the right number but it had like a lot and i'm like oh great i'm glad to know that this person got all these views <laughs> it's totally fine that's just I'm like not, hey I'm you want to send me well, on on YouTube today, they probably made about ten cents. So, <laughs> it's like that post that I put up on on Instagram um, of my SoundCloud payment. Uh, I had it on my story. It was like thirty five <laughs> cents <laughs> USD, though. So I got like forty cents. So what? So what is the the, tr the transaction fee? Sixty. So you end up with minus thirty. <laughs> <laughs> I owe I owe SoundCloud money because they owe PayPal or. Or some payment processor, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty unreal how bad SoundCloud is for paying. Um, yeah. Hey, there yeah. you go. I'm glad. I'm glad that it introduced you to some other things. So they must have mentioned who I was on the video. There's, I know there's one where somebody uploaded one of my songs and like didn't mention that who it was by or whatever, and they had an ass load of views. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. Well, you know what? I posted visuals. I was making visuals on Lost in Translation. And it got oh, copyright yeah. claimed by myself. What? 
which is sick. I've never been copyright crammed by my own content. Yeah, it like it was said Westwood Recordings, like the whole thing. And I hadn't, it wasn't even posted; it was unlisted. But I posted the song like directly as vis- for to show one of you guys the visuals, and it literally copyrighted myself. But yeah, also fun fact: Littlemore was my old roommate, and I was. Yeah. I remember he was making that song. He made kind of the base of Surface, just like on a Sunday morning. And he was like, "Dude, it was on his old like MacBook laptop." And man, he got to produce again. He has so many good ideas. We have to like yeah. convince him I, to. He's to actually the one it. who introduced Joel and I. That's the reason why Joel and I are even friends, is because of Littlemore. So, yeah. that's actually a. That's kind of an interesting backstory, but yes, clearly that's that's definitely not the right video that I'm thinking of. I think it was actually, um, I think someone uploaded like Teleportal or something, and they're just like Teleportal by Res. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> thanks. That's rough. <laughs> uh, that's rough. Yeah, we should definitely have uh, Lou on at some point too. I think we've already talked about that, but in a couple, you know, yeah, couple definitely down the line, we should have we should at least have him call in or something. That would be awesome. It can be like maybe not a live one because that might be a bit too hard to coordinate, but yeah. Yeah, no, cool. Lou is a Lou is a really interesting cat because the way he thinks about music is actually very visual. And I remember yeah. there was one time because that kind of just corresponds with what we were talking about now is like uh, he he's the first one to like hear some sort of music and instantly be like, oh, this is like this this would go perfectly with like a country western theme or yeah. or if you ask him to score something like like i've seen some some animated things that he did the all the music scoring for and i'm like wow man like you really match the scene to the music properly like he'll pick the right instrumentation for the right vibes and stuff like that and i'm like that's really cool yeah and uh I remember like a long time ago I came across this article and I can't remember who showed it to me or how I found it because I've been looking for it ever since then but it was like a very clear description of um, how specific instruments actually influence specific emotions and the only example that I really remember is like um, church bells and um, like those kinds of sounds um, are always kind of like a haunting um creepy sound so that's like you'll always hear that sort of instrumentation used if there's like a scene in a graveyard or something like that um you know just like specific instruments that uh, that that replicate a certain emotion and i would love to find that article again but llewellyn kind of just has that um that like seated inside of his his very being to just like understand what the right sound is to to portray a, a certain setting or a certain emotion and uh, i think that's a really cool skill to have yeah it's very much uh and i think there's not a well there is crossover but he, there's c- composing for bit like songs and and uh you know, sorry, not composing for songs, composing for like TV or a video or something is really quite a different skill than songwriting. It's, mm-hmm. it, there's a lot of concepts in that, that you don't like, I, I've been watching a guy named sideways. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's like, he's got a YouTube channel. Um, it's all about film scoring, but some of the actual uh, concepts and content that he talks about is really, really interesting. Cause it, it does rely, it does relate to music writing as well. And there's a lot of music theory that's, you know, it's the same, but he talks about like light motifs and that kind of stuff where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, in, in songwriting it's like a chorus and a melody but in composing it's like a a simpler motif and you repeat that and then it's also paced based on the video so like the song is not it's not a song it's whatever the visual component is it has to be reacting to that and so you know the tempo and and the cadence may be entirely on you might not be 
anything like a, how a song would be based on a grid, 16, 32, all that kind of stuff. It may be completely unstructured, but there are some concepts that are similar. And I'm actually, tr but uh, this guy I've been watching, I'm binging his content. I don't know if you know, you ever find a creator and you're like, oh my God, this is like yeah. exactly the stuff I need. I've been, because he, he basically does reviews of like, you know, anything. It can be like a musical or it can be, it can be, uh, but it's just the music theory of it and kind of how it, you know, when they wrote it and kind of stuff and how it relates to, you know, the concepts and if they're doing it properly or not. Sometimes he'll be ranting about it, but um, yeah, composing, that's something that Lou is, you know, he did go to school for like a school for like an art school for that to a degree, but it's definitely mm -hmm. something that was just kind of in him from the start because I remember he, sh he had a show reel a while back that he sent me and I was like, whoa, this is crazy. It's just like everything is... It's, I feel like the, the key to a good composer is they they almost know what is in other people's heads when they watch something. And it's right. most people don't know, but the thing is this person is so knowledgeable about how instruments, concepts, and writing should be that they are able to put something down that other people... It's like it's almost as if it was already in your head, yeah, but you couldn't like visualize it. So, yeah. yeah, and it's that's so where, natural. Like, and then on the other side of it like you ever see something that was scored badly and you're just yeah. like what were you doing man? <laughs> like this is completely the wrong sound and vibe for what's happening right now and it's just like yeah so it, it's it's really interesting that skill um, um sound design and, and film scoring because yeah just like you said it's like when something is done properly in that way it's like of course they're those sounds are the ones that they're using it's like it couldn't possibly be anything else like it's almost like it's like yeah they're telling me what i would have like subconsciously been thinking about but they already know that that's like what it's supposed to be and that whole idea of like a sound designer or a foley artist or, or a composer being almost unnoticeable because it mm -hmm. so works with the video that it just complements everything on that, that you don't even think about the audio. It's just pushing whatever visual component is happening and you don't even mm -hmm. question it. You're just completely, you know, suspend disbelief. Um, Cause I mean, what most people don't realize is like almost, I would say if you take a look at most song or most movies made in TV shows that aren't like, you know, something like a Marvel movie, for example, most of the sounds you're hearing in that were not recorded on set. Like, probably 95% of them. Like, I mean, the vocals, there may be ADR and you don't even notice there's probably less ADR mm -hmm. than normal. Cause that's a really hard one to do properly. But like almost every other sound that you're hearing is literally recorded by some dude with a bunch of random objects, banging them together and just getting the sound so dialed that he can trick people into thinking it's real. I mean, and you have to do that for CGI. So all those CGI scenes, it's not like they have any audio for that. You got, yeah. Foley artists are, it's a crazy breed, but it's it, that's similar in that they're recreating real sounds, which is probably even harder because you have to get past the Uncanny Valley. Yeah, and you know what? The really cool thing about Foley artists is they, they make sounds that are not supposed to be what they are actually sound more natural than what it really would be. And by that, I mean, yeah. for example, like I, I remember watching this documentary on uh, how they were like filming like gun scenes in movies and like they, you know, someone would fire a gun and then they got a Foley artist to fire the exact same gun. But like the sound of that gun recorded is not doing justice to what like you would expect it to sound like when watching the movie so when when you hear gunshots in movies a lot of the time they're actually using cannons to make those sounds 
and that's what gives you that like explosive low base like that you you know you're not actually going to get out of a gun um but you know that's that's like what you expect to hear so they will actually add like extra into the sound so that your expectations of like the the power of a gun sound actually matches what you're hearing when you're looking at it and then other things like like rain like you can't really record really good rain like it's actually quite difficult and so they'll use sizzling bacon instead and like that's like an easy way to get rain sound a really good another really good example is metal like swords swinging around don't make any sound but in every single thing it's like sing 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 it's like but the thing is you don't even your brain's like oh that's just normal it's like no that's not that's not that's not right at all air doesn't have a metallic tinge in it yeah yeah and and like um the the classic like face punch sound or i guess it could be in any punch but you know the classic sound you get of a punch that's actually someone smacking lettuce on a countertop yeah yeah, punches like getting punched doesn't really sound like anything like if you go to like a karate or like i mean you probably can talk about this a lot but like mixed martial arts it does not sound Mm -hmm. anything at all like what you would expect no if there is an audible sound then that person's probably knocked out like it's not like something that really makes sound unless you're wearing like cabbages on your hands (laughs) 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 could you imagine fill your boxing gloves with cabbage just to get that extra like <laughs> they would last like one minute it would last like three punches and then there's just cabbage all over the ground you have to go to the corner and get more cabbage it'd probably dramatically increase the cabbage industry if every fight was done with cabbage oh yeah but they would have to like hold on time out i gotta replace my cabbage <laughs> maybe they could have like little turkeys that go around and eat all the cabbage after it falls on the in the ring Something yeah, like we could we could create an entire like self-sustaining ecosystem of boxing matches and turkey raising if we just used cabbages. <laughs> <That's cool. laughs> yeah, oh. all all boxing matches in the future are held at farms. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? Does anyone know, have good... any questions? Uh, <laughs> let's, yeah, let's, let's let's revert to chat. We've derailed pretty hard here. Yeah, um, like. Like Something we, I did uh, want to bring we, up as well. Sorry, go mm, ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say we, we like questions. So, so ask yeah, me. but yeah. And we're, I mean, I feel like we're kind of winding into it. We're about an hour in, but something I wanted to talk mm. about is um, right now we're doing essentially a live version and we have a bunch of like back catalog ones as well. And what I've kind of wanted to do is actually still release them on Twitch and essentially mm-hmm. have like a before and after where it's live. And that way it's not just like in a vacuum kind of thing. So if you, if anybody mm-hmm. thinks they would be interested in that, just let us know. Um, it's a little bit extra work versus just releasing <laughs> let as a podcast. Us know. Oh my God, you know, dude. Like, like cabbage. Yeah. yeah lettuce, cabbage. <laughs> but yeah, let us know if you think that would be something you'd be interested in. And essentially it would just be, it's like a premiere, like a YouTube premiere, but then we would basically jump on before, <laughs> before or after <laughs> um, to kind of chat about it a bit more. And so, Actually, it's something that we didn't even mention is next episode is our big interview with uh, AU5 that we recorded a long time ago. Um, oh, and yeah. I've been editing it and just laughing my ass off. There's so many good points. Um, it's a pretty long one. I think it's about an hour and 30 minutes. But um, so that will be next next week at around now, I guess, next week. Probably. <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> a week. Yeah. A week minus an hour from now, uh, the AU5 interview will be up as our fifth episode. We planned that very carefully. Yeah. And it's, then the one uh, after that, we were interviewing AU6. 
<laughs> yeah, I actually created a new identity for that, and I'm I'll be AU6. We should actually do that and change my my name down there to AU6. That would be pretty funny. <laughs> and then we'll re we'll pre-record a video of you responding to questions, so that there's two angles of you, and then we'll just sync it up to us asking. That's a lot of work. That that, that is a lot. I'm of work. down to do. <laughs> yeah, it would be pretty yeah. hilarious. Yeah. You interviewing yourself with pre-recorded answers. Um, yeah. But yeah, AU5. That was that was an amazing, amazing interview. We had a lot of fun with that one because that that guy is. Uh, I mean, anyone who listens to electronic music knows who he is. He's just a you know a, a wizard when it comes to knowledge about sound design and and also you know loves tangents just as much as we do. So we we went down quite a few rabbit holes regarding like everything between like DJing and sound design and just like production in general and like songwriting and genres and I don't yeah. even remember all the things we talked about but we went through it all and like to the point where like we'll probably have another interview with him as well because like there's just so many more things that we can talk about yeah and hopefully we can do that live actually. that's going to be complicated but like if I think we can probably do this live with a call and I mean it's not a lot harder than what we're doing right now so and this yeah. wasn't that hard yeah 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 no, if you're wondering we, what the fuck's going on, just watch episode one where we yeah. were setting up for this and th just setting up for this back in May. And I don't know if you haven't seen it already. It's essentially us just ranting because of how frustrating this system is to get running up and running. And, you know, it's been an iterative process since the beginning. I mean, in like up to last week because we we're trying to get the new system working and it didn't. So we fell back to our backup system, but it's still quite easy. I think we we only prepped in. It only took us, what, 30 minutes to get ready. So. Oh, that was with two blue screens. It took us six minutes yeah. to actually get set up. Yeah, I guess that's right. So. Yeah, and you had to get OBS set up from scratch, the new, the other version. But and also for yeah. anybody that doesn't know, Mike's in Toronto. I'm in Vancouver. That's why this is complicated. If we were in the same city or the same <laughs> room, this would be way easier. But we're not. So um, yeah. And we'd like to also bring in a guest and have him up here, me down there, and then the guest to the right, um, and yeah. have us all be able to talk as well as go out to to uh, Twitch at the same time. So that's where yeah it's a lot it's a lot of I routing but uh if if anyone has spent enough time learning routing it's us because we have literally tried every single possible configuration in order to get things running smoothly so yeah so yeah it's uh it's been a, an adventure to say the least yeah but yeah so really excited about you know the release the a5 one next week um we've got other guests as well that will probably be releasing either once a month or maybe even sooner um, I think the weekly cadence mm. is actually pretty reasonable. So I think doing this weekly, at least for the indefinite future, is totally doable. Um, mm -hmm. And um, yeah, if you have any questions or whatnot, just feel free. To, we've got our Discord as well. I'm on there a lot. You can ask a question there. You can join if you want to get notifications or on our Instagram as well. Um, yeah, the link's down below on pretty much whatever platform you're on. It'll be down below. Yeah. If it's on the podcast viewer, though, I haven't figured out how to do the formatting. So it's all just like one line. <laughs> yeah, it's, so you it's, see it's all there the somewhere. <laughs> you can copy yeah, you it. You know how to use a computer. computer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. 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 Was there anything else you wanted to catch up before we we call it quits here? Or I mean, I think we we're really hoping to push to a hundred subs on YouTube. We've like just starting, so we're only at like ten here. We didn't want to use either of our channels. We kind of wanted to create one that was separate, um, and then that way we can get like a you know a personal uh, URL, which is like the first first milestone. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, a little call out to, to anyone who's watching right now, if you could do us the favor and just uh, sub on, on YouTube, that would help a lot. Cause it's, there's nothing like trying to brand as, Hey, go to youtube.com slash you question mark equals three, six, seven, nine, five, oh, it's a lot of numbers. It's quite long. That's why. Yeah. We just, just click on the link. If you could do that, we would really, really appreciate it. Um, and it would just be kind of a good start to, to kind of get things to. Who is this? And Marskin, uh, the Marskin, uh, Marskin Bueno. Yeah, I've I've actually invested most of my um, my my stonk portfolio into Down Dog, um, <laughs> but uh, I've heard Up Dog's on the rise, um, so uh, I might short some Up Dog. Wait, shorting means you're expecting it to go down, so you're trying to lose money. Yeah, stocks, stonks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, um, up, up dog's on the rise. I expect it to crash. I'm going to short it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah dogs well, I think, don't know how to drive. They crash regularly. That's not true. I've seen a couple gifts of dogs driving. I saw one where it was dog driving a motorcycle, which is insane. And it was going like 50 kilometers an hour. And it was there was no humans touching the handlebars. It was just a dog sitting. And there was two humans behind You're him. You're kidding. I'll see if I can, yeah. It was it was in what? like Indonesia or something, which makes sense. But like I'm like holy fuck, like that's so crazy. Wow, I wish I could train my dog to chauffeur me around. Yeah, I don't. Do you have the that small would be dog? Epic. Yeah, but I mean, like as long as he can reach the handlebars, then he can he can do the thing. Although when you have to like stand on the handlebars, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. It's like yeah, throw him down to hit the brake. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So no, no, no pupper chauffeurs uh, for me. No. Was there anything else you wanted to touch on? I mean, you're going to do a feedback stream after this. Yeah. And then so, maybe the so rest tonight. Of the week. Uh, yeah. So we're going to take a little break here. I'm going to come back um, after we set some things up. So uh, I, yeah, I will be doing feedback tonight. So if anyone wants to send over some songs, uh, you can email them to demos at kotechmusic.com or you can just send me a link during the stream or whatever like it really doesn't matter it's not like there's so many people sending them that i really need to like you know divide divert it all to one place but uh but yeah if you have anything you want me to listen to and if you want like extremely overly detailed song analysis where i just kind of rip everything apart down to like the sample level scale then uh by all means come by and i will i will cheese grate your music you definitely need uh you know how movies will have like reviews and they'll say like such and such like feedback based on like what people have done in the past you definitely have to be like the most incredibly complicatedly simple sound design feedback of all time and then like the person that does it you should have like a little set of things like that because every time somebody comes to your feedback sessions they're like they're literally blows their mind they're like you're actually (laughs) discussing exactly what's wrong with my track and explaining it and then also showing me how to fix it whereas like most of those i mean not most of those but most people don't so go so deep and like, you know, it's normally just like a light, like, oh, this is good. Like you should work on these things, but you literally, if anything, it's almost detrimental because you'll spend like 30 minutes on a track, but like make it perfect. And if everybody waits their turn, it's like so valuable. So wait your turn yeah, is worth, worth it. it. Yeah. Like, well, that's just the one thing. Cause like, I, I don't know, like I like to have something to say and, and a lot of the times, just like you mentioned, whenever I go to a feedback stream, like it'll either be like oh yeah this is this is really good i like what you're doing or it'll just be like uh you know like oh, I need to work on the mix kick could be louder 
yeah. <laughs> you know, sort of thing. But yeah, so I'll, I'll do my best to try and, and dig in and see if there's anything that I think about it and and uh, and help help direct you uh, to towards the uh, the future of enlightenment. Yeah. But uh, I think I think that uh, that wraps us up for for today. This was a good good experiment in the live uh, show production and it uh, and next time yeah it worked it worked we didn't have any issues um but yeah once once we get this thing like really rolling like it'd be sweet to have some viewer questions so like you know if you're ever watching the show and you have something you want to know about or something you want us to talk about like related to anything you know anything to do with audio or sound or, or i mean lettuce you know just ask and, and we will uh, we'll give you our unfiltered let, let insight. us know let us know in the chat. <laughs> I'm gonna have to make Dude, a lettuce emoji now. I was just about to say that there has to be a, maybe a lettuce hands emoji. You know what it should be? It should oh, be the yeah. prayer emoji, but two lettuce, two lettuces, <laughs> or just salad fingers. Yeah. Oh yeah, pretty man. Much. All right. Yep. Yep. So I think that's All pretty right. good. Um, in terms of like future topics, I was gonna say we. I'm still waiting to get on the Ableton 11 beta, like four yes. weeks later. But when I do, we're oh, going to have a whole episode about that for sure because there's so much to talk about. Is there an NDA? Do you have to not talk about it? or? I didn't sign anything. Oh, well, but when you set up, when I, you create I, no, your... It, it, it's, it's good now. I, it's I, good now? I, okay. I mean, I, I don't know like specifically, but I, I imagine it would be because I know that some people had it before they released the beta, like uh, Slink yeah. and, and Mr. Bill, they had access to it beforehand. And I remember once they released the Ableton Live or 11... Um, um advertisement like the the preview video then mr That's bill when... was like now i can use it on twitch and i'm like okay so yep. obviously they signed some ndas but we're good now so yep. so we can definitely talk about it awesome well fingers crossed i'll get the pink icon i saw it on yours when we were on parsec and i'm like oh my god i want it so bad i check it every single day so <laughs> <laughs> yep and soon soon yep. all right guys well thank you all for uh, for coming by and uh, we'll see you next week awesome Thanks for watching. Bye.